Hi, everybody. I'm Mark Sheeran. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And we wrote, co-wrote, The Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap. And uh, we've been coaching people how to solve their addiction now for 34 years. We created the coaching model uh, for the addiction space 34 years ago. And, yeah, we uh, didn't call it that, but yeah, it is what we've always done. Yeah. So, so we want to talk a little bit about uh, what we're doing. Um, about a year ago, we started doing workshops for people and uh, two-day workshops where we deconstruct their binge construct. Essentially, we show people why they do what they do. And that's Michelle and I working with them. And uh, like one person at a time, because it has to be personalized for that person. That's right. So, so they spend two days with us and then they also get support sessions after they go back home. And then also we give uh, support sessions all the way out for one full year if they need it. Not everybody needs that, but, uh, but that's what we do. So, so we started this like a year ago. And all of a sudden I said to Michelle, geez, we're, we're booking up now pretty quick. And so we just got on the computer and we set up all the dates, um, which we're going to make live here soon, uh, for this year. And I said, we better do a commercial and let people know that, uh, we're available because, because we want to work with you. Yeah. Yeah. I was coached in the early years by her father and then I coached Michelle. Yep. And, and so we've been doing this a long time and we want to help you. You know, some people can learn with the book. Some people can learn with our online program and all the various things that we do. But ultimately, there's a whole group of people that are in pretty deep and they're mystified as to why they're doing what they're doing and they're struggling. And it's needless because we can show you how to get past this for good. No meetings, no endless mat regimens, no recovery, no struggle. Yeah, we will be your personal coach coaches. Yeah. And we want to work with you. So you look on the website. If you see a date that works for you, book it because they're going to go quickly. But if you don't see a date that, that works for you, then call us and we will figure out a date that works for both of us mutually. And we can make a plan. And as soon as you book it, you will become an online program member as well. You get that membership for an entire year and you can start that right away as yeah. soon as you book it. So um, if you want to call us, it's in the, and you're watching, it's in the top corner, 888-424-2626. That comes directly to Mark and I, and and we will talk about when, when you can fly in and meet with us. Yeah, we look forward to it. We All do. Right. Take care, everybody. Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Enjoy listening and watching as addiction experts Mark Sheeran and I cover controversial as well as helpful topics on addiction, how to move past it, and other related subjects. As two of the co-founders of the Freedom Model, Mark and I will give you a completely new perspective on the topics that matter to you. We will take to task the Recovery Society's lies and misinformation and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Addiction Solution. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And I'm Mark Sheeran. And we wrote co-wrote the freedom model for addictions escape the treatment and recovery trap with our colleague Stephen Slate 
Before we get to the topic today, I just wanted to let everyone know, let our listeners know that we're we're changing up the podcast a little bit, okay? Um, we will no longer be doing weekly, uh, we will no longer be doing weekly podcasts. We're going to do uh, every other week. And our goal is to once, once a month is going to have a guest on. Um, so we'll have a topic on one per month and then the other one will be, we'll have a, a guest. So um, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, the way to go about that is, you know, if you have a, a great compelling story to tell about how the freedom model has changed your life, about how you, you left uh, AA, or maybe how you solved your problem without it, without mm -hmm. treatment, without rehabs. We want to hear from you. Um, but contact us first at info, I-N-F-O, at thefreedommodel.org, or you can call us at um, one 424 2626 or you can reach us on social media. Facebook Messenger works very well. Um, and And then we can have a conversation and see if it might be a good fit. Yeah. So uh, also don't forget, we have our free masterclass every week. Go to thefreedommodel.org. Pop-up will come up and you can sign up there. And uh, if you can't make the time of the masterclass, it's it's recorded so you can watch it at your leisure. Uh, but we hope that you'll participate in that because it's, it's life-changing information. Yeah, it definitely is. So today, Mark has a really great topic that he wanted to talk about. So one of the things that founder of Alcoholics Anonymous did, he changed the history, the whole course of how we talk about addiction uh, in a very uh, unfortunate way. That's for sure. And uh, he did that by creating a straw man, a an enemy. And the way he did that, now, now why did he do that? He created addiction, the concept of a compelled behavior. Now, that concept may not seem that far-fetched, but in order for it to be a compelled behavior, there has to be some nebulous force that's compelling you, right? To, to use substances uh, against your free will, past your free will. Um, and that's, that's fiction. That's not uh, objectively true. Nobody is out of control. So, so prior to Bill Wilson, it, throughout uh, the cultures of mankind, there was a narrative about alcohol and drugs throughout the world that, um, saw it as the good creature of God. That was one way of describing it as spirits, right? We hear liquor and spirits or beer and spirits, right? Your lo local liquor store. Uh, but, but nobody believed in deep compelled use. You won't find that in literature. You might find it here and there, but it wasn't a movement. Right. And so, <clears throat> so, you know, for instance, in Psalms in the Bible, it says, basically, don't be a drunkard. Don't be a fool. Right. And but they don't say, you know, it's going to overtake you. You're going to be powerless the rest of your life. You have a disease and a disorder. Right. That's a whole different league different than than what was prior to Bill Wilson. So Bill Wilson mainstreamed the disease concept, but he did that through personifying alcohol and and, and drugs that by default. So the way he did that was he made alcohol something that had motive. Yes, yes. And that's a really, when you stop to think about it. Now we've all been born into this culture. So for us, the religion, it's a religion, by the way, the religion of addiction and recovery, the lore uh, for us is just part of what we think about alcohol. We don't even, we don't even, somebody says, yeah, I got addicted. We don't even bat an eye. 
Right. You know, um, now Michelle and I do because we know that it's a farce. We see past the matrix. Um, but what Bill Wilson did was really remarkable. And it's three, uh, it's one sentence basically that gets repeated before every single AA meeting worldwide in, in its millions of people yeah. of influence. And that is that alcohol is cunning, baffling, and powerful. Though that statement is read in how it works before every single meeting uh, worldwide, and yeah. it's repeated daily. Um, now, before I keep going, do you have? Well, I wanted to go. The very next sentence is without help. It is too much for us. So, so it, not only is it personified, but it's personified as this evil entity that's out to destroy you and that you cannot battle on your own. So they see alcohol as a alcohol as a mystical, supernatural, powerful, cunning, baffling thing, right? With motive that's out to get you. And then it then as Michelle said, the next line is without help, it is too much for us, meaning you don't have power, you are not cunning, you are not uh, able to overcome your, your substance use, and that you need a third-party intervention of some kind to prop you up, support you in your weakness, and, uh, and treat you, right? Yeah. Treatment. You need something outside yourself to fix you, whether that's God, treatment, talk therapy, meetings, the sponsors, therapists, what else? Yeah. I mean, we could go on and on. Suboxone. Medication. Right. Yeah. Good drugs versus the bad drugs, which the pharmaceutical companies define. Um, so you have all this, this downstream uh, effects of the first lie. The first lie is that alcohol and drugs are cunning, baffling, and powerful. They're not. They're lifeless. I they're mean, you could, you could put some vodka. You could put some vodka right here in our Freedom Model mug. And sit it right there. That's right. And then you could choose to drink it, right, as a choice. And you could – it will affect your body only. It doesn't change your mind for you. It's not cunning. It doesn't have motive. It doesn't have intelligence. It's not going to take your stress away because it doesn't know what your stress is because it doesn't have intelligence. But we talk about it constantly as if it does. Yeah. In endlessly in commercials. And, and we imbue magic into the substances. We imbue that it, it, it makes the beach better. It makes your stress go away. It takes away anxiety. It's in movies. It's in literature. It's in ads. It's everywhere that it will addict you. It will take over your mind and make it impossible for you to stop. So that, that uh, effort of Bill Wilson's fantasy uh, is now mainstreamed. It is as common as any other uh, narrative that we hear daily. Um, probably more so. I would say it's the universal religion of Western culture. Would you say that's true? I would say that's true. I mean, uh, people look at addiction like a disease as a disease and look at these these substances as powerful as as if it's it, it's accepted science. You know, and as if in much the same way they look at, um, you know, cancer as a disease. It's it's accepted science, and it's it's really troublesome. I, I want. I was thinking of something 
which I think is really interesting because because if it were the case, if it were the case that these drugs that the outlets, let's, let's do alcohol because I, it's the most universal, it's the most universal about. problematic substance other than maybe cigarettes. Right. So, but, but you're not going to crash your car smoking a cigarette unless you're just not paying attention to the road. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but anyways, so you, so you look at alcohol and if you had a bunch of freedom model cups here, right. And you have wine and you have beer and you have uh, vodka and um, whiskey and brandy and you get all these different substances, right? And you take somebody who identifies, self-identifies as an alcoholic, I would be willing to bet they wouldn't drink every single one. Right. Because because even with, with respect to alcohol, people have different preferences preferences for what they're drinking control right they you you don't go beyond your what you see now you hear those stories of the people that would drink hairspray and drink um and we've we've worked with them and and drink non things they shouldn't be drinking because they're poisonous like isopropyl alcohol or um mouthwash was a popular one, but those were very rare people. And you know what? They had a preference for those things. <laughs> well, that's, I was just going <laughs> to say, so, so you do have the person who is so bought and sold on the mythology, so deeply ingrained in their psyche. And maybe they've been to multiple, multiple treatment, treatment programs that will, yeah. that will drink anything they, that even when they go to jail, you know, they're, they're taking their dessert, throwing it in the toilet and fermenting it so that they could drink it. Right. So we've all heard the stories of that guy. But or then, gal. Or gal. And, and what's interesting is I've also had people who are very selective about what they drink, which is to Michelle's point. And then you have the extreme examples on the other end. I had a fellow who all he would drink was hairspray. Yeah, that's so all he, he wanted. Pop the I was, top off. I was, we're thinking of the same person. Yeah. If, if you, if, you know, and, and there was reasoning behind his preference. And that was he could steal it easy from, uh, from uh, drugstores. Drugstores. And it's, and you get a lot of bang for the buck. You would pop the top off. If you've ever seen hairspray inside of a can, it's, it's really, it looks like entrails, you know, with liquid. It's so gross. It is so um, gross. But, but he would, and then he would drink it on the way to his apartment. And, and eventually they figured it out because there was all these, all these hairspray cans that led to his apartment on the sidewalk and stuff. That's how he got arrested. Um, and then he found us and, and life moved on. But, but the yeah. point is, is that people have their preferences for very personal reasons and his was economic, right? Yeah. And, uh, he could have went out and got a six pack for more money, but he didn't. Now, if he was truly powerless, if the narrative of what Bill Wilson said was true, he would have drank everything under the sun and he certainly wouldn't have taken the risk to be a, a, arrested, right. you know? Um, so my point is, is that. So we've created, so Bill Wilson created the religion of, of, of a substance being alive and having motive. Well, once you build that strong man, here's, here's why it was so important to do that. You create fear. Yeah. Once you create fear, you get rid of logic and common sense because when people are fearful, they can't analyze properly. And, and then he instilled a bunch of guilt. He in, introduced moralism deeply into the model that you have character defects. Then he introduced something else. And this is really wild. So you have a you have this entity, this nebulous force known as addiction that takes over your psyche and forces you and compels you to use. 
And then he says, without help, it is too much for us and that you need God. So you have a supernatural entity called addiction, alcoholism, that takes over your psyche and compels you. And then you need a supernatural entity called God that is going to fix you. And in between that is you, which is ignored. You don't have power. You don't have free will. You don't have a mind. You don't have a thinking apparatus. You don't have the capability to think or problem solve, it is wiped out of the equation. So you have a supernatural entity on this side, you have a supernatural good and evil, and they're battling it out, and you're sort of this passive creature in between, and the only place that you get the good is in an AA meeting, and that, my friends, is a cult. But there is, but but look at there's also, it is also framed as a battle, as a kind of a David and Goliath kind of battle, yes. right? And and so you are you are battling these forces that are out to destroy you, and people like that kind of story. You know, there is there's value to that story, which is why so many people get kind of sucked into it. I I, think. I fully get that, and that's a really good point. So, so you have. What's ironic is I hated that narrative. I hated the recovery idea. I hated that I was broken and that I would need recovery the rest of my life. But, but to your point, an entire society of AA goers likes it. They do. They, they like the battle because it 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 validates their feeling of powerlessness and vulnerability and self hatred and guilt. It validates all of that and says there's really something bad going on here. And it's not entirely your fault, but it is up to you to wage war. So how do you wage war? What is your shield? Your shield is spiritual fitness within AA and recruiting. Yes. So what he did was he leveraged your fear. He leveraged your, your um, fear of this nebulous force, this cunning, baffling, powerful, evil entity called alcohol and drugs. And he said, in order for you to have this thing called God over here, you have to have spiritual fitness. Yep. And in order to have spiritual fitness, you have to have my brand, my Bill Wilson's brand by only one alcoholic working with another. So he narrowly defined what service could be for you. Mm -hmm. And then and it was self-serving for Bill because now you're putting the dollar in the basket and you're recruiting. So one alcoholic working with another alcoholic is that narrow band of spirituality and spiritual fitness. You only get it if you work with another alcoholic and serve the cult. It, it's such a well-constructed, diabolical, unfortunate thing that he created. Now, we've talked a lot about that through the years, but I really want to hone in on this straw man thing. What if you were to eliminate cunning, baffling, and powerful, and you would just see it as a substance? What happens? There's no need for a spiritual entity. Nope. There's no need for your spiritual fitness because you're not- Because there's nothing supernatural. Because you're not battling anything, you're choosing- now you now it gets reframed completely outside of the realm of Alcoholics Anonymous or the rehab or the recovery cartel. And now you don't need you don't even need Suboxone, you don't need naltrexone or Vivitrol or any any of the any of the replacement drugs or blockers, none of that. So the whole pharmaceutical industry gets pushed out of the side. So you don't need third party sort of intervention. So what what are you left with? You. You're left with you. Decision making. Normal. Well, but I want it now. I want to, 
I want to debunk the other side of that because the minute we say there's no disease, drugs are not cunning, baffling, and powerful. There's nothing that's that's happened to you or happening uh, against your will, right? It's just choosing. Then people go, oh, so you're saying it's just willpower. Right. That's always where they go. Oh, so you're saying it's just willpower. I've, I've got to be self-disciplined. I've got to be strong. Okay. That's that, uh, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. That is exactly where it goes. So no, that's because you still believe there is a, an entity that is greater than you. That's right. That's and, right. and there is no entity. There is alcohol, which is a lifeless substance. And then there is you choosing based on the benefits of that experience. Yes. And, and that's, that's, that doesn't require a battle. If you think that willpower is necessary, what that tells us is that you still think alcohol has power. Well, and you think that alcohol is your best available option for happiness and the way that you're using it. So you develop these habits, you know, this habit, this relationship with alcohol. So, so look at it as a, a a romantic relationship that you've developed with alcohol and, and maybe alcohol has become the abusive lover, so to speak. Right. But, but you're, but it's the best thing that you can think of doing. Right. It's, it's even, even people. And I, I've talked to somebody recently. It was like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I, I know I'm happier without it. And it's like, no, no, you don't. You really That's don't. Right. That's right. You really don't. You hate all the stuff on the back end of it. You hate the high costs you're paying. I get that. Absolutely. You you hate that you feel like shit in the morning. You hate that you have to drink in the morning because you're starting to get withdrawal symptoms. You hate those things. But on the front end, you view your absolute happiest option as having that drink and drinking in the way that you're used to drinking. So let's get back to that willpower art argument. If you feel like there's a battle or that there is temptation or that you have to have a greater amount of discipline, what that tells us is that your preference for the substance is extremely high. Absolutely. Your preference for the getting uh, shit faced is extremely high. You prefer so, intoxication that, over not being intoxicated. That's right. So that's all that means. Now, now there's in order to fix that, you have to dig deep into why you like it so much, which is a different conversation, right? Which we've addressed in many other podcasts, but, but but until you do that, until you analyze why you like it, you're still going to prefer it because that's that's your status quo. Yeah. Your status quo and narrative to yourself is this is a valuable experience to me. I need alcohol and drugs to be happy and I need more discipline to stop myself from doing the thing I love to do, which always falls short because you're always going to end up doing the thing you believe is going to bring you the most benefit. So. We need to get out of this sort of diversion of, I need more willpower. Uh, you know, alcohol is cunning and baffling. Uh, there is a straw man called addiction. These are all diversions from looking inside yourself at your preference. There is no external thing happening. There's no nebulous force. Alcohol is not cunning and baffling and powerful. These are diversions that Bill Wilson created so that you would never look inside yourself. Because if you look inside yourself and you analyze why you like it, you might find that you don't like it that much when it's truthful. 
with yourself. Yes. And then you don't need AA. You don't need Suboxone. You don't need the pharmaceuticals. You don't need the meeting room. You don't need uh, a spiritual entity to come in and intervene and wait for that spiritual experience to happen. You don't need to recruit and serve in the AA way to get spiritual fitness, to gain favor with that spiritual entity, to, to battle the other spiritual entity, which is the drug itself. Do you see this whole network of ideas goes away when you realize it's just me? Yeah, it's just me. It's just me and my belief system that I have currently. That's right. Mm -hmm. So you un once you realize that it really is a matter of choice and that you prefer heavy intoxication, all of a sudden, all the apparatus of the recovery cartel goes away. It literally becomes meaningless because you have all the power within the power of free will. Yeah. You, you, you were born with it. And the positive drive principle, which is, I want to be happier. Can I be happier without the drug? Can I be happier using less and moderating successfully? Can I be happier this way, that way, in whatever way? And when you start to analyze that stuff, your whole life changes. Yeah. When you say that's true, I, I, I'd say that's true. I mean, I you know, I've had we've been talking to so many people on the phone. We've been getting a lot of calls lately, and 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 a lot of people are 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 people that have say, you know, they say they've read the book, um, or they're on their second time going through it, or they even some of them even have had the online program and they've, they've looked at maybe 20 or 30% of the videos. And, and they're like, I, I totally get what you're saying. I understand all of this. And, and maybe they're doing better. A lot of people yeah. have, have some, some semblance of doing better and, and maybe don't recognize it. Um, but they're still, uh, for a lot of people, they're, what they're still stuck on is this idea that somehow they're doing something they don't want to do. Yeah. You know, when they say, yeah. I, and I'm still drinking too much. Um, and I'm like, well, well, by whose judgment? By whose judgment are you drinking uh, too that's much? That's a great point too. You know, because, right. because if you're, you're drinking exactly what you want to drink and it's so important to own that. Own it and begin to embrace the idea that I'm never doing what I don't want to do. That's a great starting point. And then thinking, I, and I shouldn't judge myself because I'm doing exactly what I want to do. All right. So let me jump in there. That's so good because this brings up the topic of guilt and shame. So if, if you're saying I should be quitting, I should be doing this, I shouldn't want to get drunk and high. Once those words come out of your mouth, and we deal with this when we're coaching people oh, in yeah. our workshop. This is that's the number one thing. I out of I mean, we started these workshops just just you know last late last summer, um, early fall. And and that's boy, the people that come into the workshops, that's almost to a person where they are. And they, and literally for the entire first day, I have to correct them constantly. They'll say, I should, I, yeah, I should, I should, I should, I, 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 should, I, I should, I need to, I, uh, you know, I have to. And I say, you don't have to, there's no shoulds. There is just what you're doing. Yeah. Can we please stop with all the guilt? And, and, and I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Because the, I'm a piece of shit. Cause I keep doing this, oh, even though yeah. I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't be. And it's like, never once have you said, I really want to stop. I really believe um, that that I'll be I'm happier without it. 
And you can't even get there if you can't admit that you like what you're doing now. Exactly. So you're so focused on the judgments of others and the self-judgment and the morality of I'm a bad person for drinking, getting hammered and sticking a needle in my arm. You're so busy with the judgment that you can't stop for a second, put the judgment up on, on a shelf and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What objectively am I doing? And what are my objective thoughts about this? The objective thoughts is I can't wait to stick the needle in my arm to get the relief I'm seeking. And I need to own that. So then once you own it without judgment, then you say, wait a minute, do I need to keep doing this? But you can't make that analysis. Number one, if you believe that alcohol and drugs are cunning, baffling, and powerful, now you're living in the land of mythology. I mean, now you're right. living in a, in a complete religious view. Uh, it's all belief-based. Yeah, you believe in Santa Claus. Exactly. <laughs> so now we have to get out of those realms. And I, I hate to say this, but forget God for a second. Forget the spiritual entity called cunning, baffling uh, drugs. For, just look at yourself for a second and say, why do I like it? Exactly. And own it. Now, I I am Catholic. I believe in God. And God has played a part in, in my journey as a human being my whole life. Um, but the version that is sold in the recovery community of a Santa Claus God and a Santa Claus drug is a diversion from the reality that if God does exist, if he does, he already created you with free will. He created you as an, with an autonomous mind and he created you with a drive for personal happiness. That's in every single human being. It's just a part of human, the human psyche. And that's all you need. You don't need all this other superfluous stuff. You don't need Suboxone to prop you up. You don't need more willpower, the concept of willpower. By the way, willpower is a, a sort of a non-existent thing. There's no vessel by which somebody has more willpower than you do. These are just ideas. So what you need is the idea of how can I own this? How can I not judge myself? How can I let go of my guilt for a little while and then look at this and say, why do I like it? Yeah. And, and. So everything we've said here is what we do in the workshops, because a lot of people can't do that on their own. They're, they're just so wrapped up in the mythology. God, I know. And, and, you know, the book doesn't delve into that nuance because it would be a thousand pages long. Well, well, and, and I, I think I commented with this online, somebody had said that, you know, oh, it, I think it was on one of the YouTube videos that, that, you know, that there's, there's getting to the root well, they use causes, but the root reasons and stuff, um, there, there is nuance and that is what coaching is for because, yeah. because we couldn't, because everybody's unique, right? Every human being is completely autonomous, you know, and, and everyone's reasons are just a, a, a little bit different, yeah. you know, and we have not, that that's the one thing I really annoys me about the treatment industry, about AA, about all of that is it's, it's this idea that all oh, addicts are addicts are addicts. Everybody's exactly the same. Yeah, and take it's the not, 12 steps one step at a time. We and make a sober cake, yeah. right? Like we say in the book, like that there's this, there's this set of steps that everybody does and everybody gets the same results. And it's, it doesn't work like that because we are autonomous and, and everybody's reasons, everybody's rituals, um, the things that make up your binge construct are all a little bit different, but 
the the process by which we help people, we figure it out. It is a puzzle, but yeah. you know, some puzzles are five hundred pieces, some puzzles are thousand pieces, some puzzles are twenty five thousand pieces, and some are five pieces. Some exactly. some you hit one thing in that in that and workshop, and then they go, "Oh my god, how did I?" It was staring me in the face the whole time. So, so what we discover through coaching is is basically what are the what are the keys of the beliefs that are erroneous that are keeping you distracted from making choices for yourself and recognizing that you have always been the one making the choices you have been the one always imbuing a physical sensation with value in your particular way and how do you do that how do you increase the value of the buzz to a to a completely overblown way. Yeah. And, and when we do that, we, we create real value in binging. Okay. For sure. And getting high, whether it's daily or sporadically, it doesn't matter what, however, whatever binge style you have. So our job as coaches, our job in the book, our job in, in the online program, everything that we do is to pull apart the binge construct piece by piece without judgment and say, you know, without you hating yourself and say, why do I like this? Yeah. What, what is it? And where am I creating value? That's bullshit yeah. based on the recovery cartels ideas. Yeah. Look at, if you believe that you are battling in some way, whether you've read the freedom model once, twice, a million times, and done the online program, you still have mythology that you believe either about substances, about yourself or about addiction in general, because once you get it, there is no battle. Yeah. I don't do anything to maintain recovery when I drink a Miller light for no. the love of God. I mean, if I had to do that, I, well, that would be indicative of the fact that I believe that, that there was real super value in getting drunk still, right? Yeah. If, if I have to discipline myself or shield my own psyche, from doing something I want to do that just tells you that you really want to do it. Right. Right. And here, here's the other thing that I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of throw a bone out here because, because there is a certain amount of, for me, there was this certain amount of practice where, where in, in certain areas of my life where I would have that habitual thinking. Now it's been a long time, but I remember it habitual thinking that, that I'm doing something I don't want to do. And then I'm like, Oh, I got to deny myself from doing like, like there, once you are in that mindset, it takes mindfulness to recognize when you're still thinking that way and just kind of squash it and be like, no, no, that is like, do I want to, you know, have uh, dessert after dinner. And I'm, I'm really trying not to have dessert after dinner. And instead of feeling compelled to go get that, you know, thinking, hmm, do I really want this or not? What value do I see in it? That takes practice over a, sometimes over a little bit, a period of time to remember, no, there's no battle. I'm not waging a battle. I'm not trying to exert willpower or self-discipline or whatever it is. I'm just figuring out what I'd rather, what I'd rather do right at this moment. And without judgment, without judgment. I mean, Marcus Aurelius said that live in the moment without judgment. Right. Right. So, so that takes a little bit of practice, but once you practice it, 
it does become second nature. It really does. It does. It becomes relieving. It is. And- you, you're free. You don't have to judge yourself anymore about wanting to do something or not wanting to do something. It doesn't matter. Like you're just like, do I want to do this or do I not want to do this? And and then move on with your day. Yeah. You you right now, if you're struggling, you're being distracted by meaningless ideas that aren't based in any uh, reality. Yeah. You're living an illusion and or a series of illusions that drugs and alcohol contain power, that you need a third party intervention of some kind, that they're that you're not capable, right? These just those three things right there will leave you completely decimated. Um, because you feel utterly hopeless yeah. in, in that state. And and the only point the freedom model makes is when you clear away the the mythology, the lies that you've been sold about this entity called addiction as a compelled behavior, um, you sweep that away. And what are you left with? You're left with you making a choice about a lifeless substance that you think has some value to you. Then what is that value and is it real? Yeah. It becomes very simple. But to get there, if you're struggling, call us or 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 do the online program, do yeah, something, do the next stage of of intensity of the freedom model. Get it done because you can move on with your life. You just need more information or need it repeated so many times because the recovery society has repeated their lore with you, their mythology for a lifetime. Yeah, you're undoing a lifetime of beliefs of religious beliefs not religion in the classic sense, but this addiction recovery cartel religion. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, look at if, if you, you want coaching and, and you're thinking, oh, you know, I don't know if I, if I want to make that investment or, well then start with the online program because the last Wednesday of every single month, we do a two hour live Q and a where you get to talk with us directly and it's only people that are active subscribers in the online program that are invited to that Q and a. And, and so that is for all intents and purposes, a coaching session for you. Yeah. You get to ask the questions you get to to ask us directly. So, and that's a very cheap option. It is. Uh, We created it for the people that don't have money. Yeah. Uh, yes. Know? And, or for the people that don't think they need that kind of intensive That's right. one-on-one, the full, look at the full coaching program that we do is we're right in the trenches with you privately. We're going to work with you until you solve this problem, right? That's it's, it's a full comprehensive. It includes the online program. It includes all of these other things, right? We are there with you one-on-one. Yeah. Us together. Yeah. So, so that's, that option is, is for a small amount of people, right? That, that, that feel they need that or can benefit from that. And there are people like Michelle and I that were so deep, 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 deep in the recovery religion that we couldn't see out. We needed, we needed Jared to grab us by the hand and, and sort of pull us out of, uh, out of crazy land, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But with the online program, when you go into the online program, you have the option to buy individual coaching sessions for specific areas of the online program that you think you need additional help on or discussion about specifically. So, so when you buy coaching there, it's a little bit different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but it's very helpful to people and you're kind of, kind of piecemealing it, but you primarily you're figuring it out with the online program 
on your own. Now, we're not trying to have a commercial here. That's not the point. The point is we have a big body of people now. We've been doing the Freedom Model. This so was long. published now. In, Since 2017, in, the end of 2017. So now what, what's happening is we're being inundated by there's uh, about 50% of the people that get the book just do it with the book and they move on. Yeah. And, so, and we so, get great emails and reviews, yeah. Amazon reviews. There's a ton of them. And then, then what we realized through the years, there's the other 50% are going to struggle at a certain level all the way up to where they need a full court press workshop at the end. Right. They, they, that there, there's a certain group of people that need that. A certain group of people just need some pre-recorded video and something a little more intense than just the book, a little more explanatory style. And, and each one has its own cost, and we tried to make it incredibly cost-efficient, cost-effective. Um, so it's not a commercial. We're just letting you know that this exists. Yeah, because there's if all these options. I, I don't want you struggling. There's The answers are here, but you may need a different vehicle to sort through issues. Yeah, exactly. So... So look, it, it shouldn't be a struggle, but we understand when it is because not only if you've been to treatment or you've been to exposed to the 12-step program, not only did you get misinformation there, but you're bombarded with it every single day in the media and on social media and with your families. And I mean, it, it is the addiction recovery religion is, is ingrained in our society, whether we like it or not. Um, but once you get it, I mean, once you get it, I, I'm unaffected by all of that, by all of that stuff around me. It just, to me, looks like fairy dust. <laughs> and like, I know it isn't real. I know these people are wrong and, and I, and I'm not even angry with them. I don't even care anymore because I am good. Does that make sense? That makes imminent sense. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. So I want that it's, for you. Yeah. It's called freedom folks. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> and and you're done and you just move on. You're like, holy shit, I'm done. I can move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. But let's end there. Let's, we're going to end right that's there. That's a perfect spot. So, uh, all right. So don't forget, we also have a free masterclass every single week. Um, so you can check that out on, on our website thefreedommodel.org. And we're in the process of changing the website too. So if you're looking for those changes that we're making, yeah, we're very excited massive, about that. Yeah. It's going to be a, a massive change. We're going to have a completely new website. Yeah. Um, and that should be the end of next week. Yeah. It's, it's coming soon, very soon. So, all right, everybody have a great couple of weeks and um, look at, remember, if you have an idea for a topic or if you think you might want to get interviewed by us on our podcast, you know somebody who'd be great to come on our podcast. Or, uh, or if you know a podcast that we should be on and yes. you know somebody, please we, we, let us know. That was what I wanted to announce too. We are going to be on um, Insights, Julia Starr. We, she interviewed us this past week. And um, I think that's coming up. It may be released before this episode is released. So it's the last week of February. She's releasing it. She's in Australia. Um, but, but her, you can find her podcast, um, anywhere, I guess. So, uh, her name is Julia star and, um, insights. insights. That's it. It was a great, it was a long episode. Yeah. You, you uh, people will like it. She asked really poignant she questions. Did. She was, was a great. great interviewer. Really great. It was, it was wonderful talking with her. So, all right, everybody, we'll see you next time. Take care. 
Are you struggling with a drug or alcohol problem, but you don't want to go to rehab or group meetings? Well, that's why we created the non-12-step Freedom Model Coaching Program in 2011. Through video conferencing on Zoom or Skype, you can work privately with a certified Freedom Model Coach from your home or office on your schedule. And here's the best part. With the Freedom Model, you'll never be labeled an addict or an alcoholic, and we won't tell you to go to 12-step meetings or hamper your life with endless recovery rituals. Instead, you can learn exactly why addiction isn't a disease and how you can solve the problem for good and move on with your life. Do you want to be completely free from your addiction? Do you want to never have to attend meetings, rehabs, or addiction counseling ever again? And do you want to solve your problem from the comfort of home? Then call us at 888-424-2626 to talk with a Freedom Model coach today and experience the Freedom Model difference.